Welcome to A Little Better Podcast. My name is Brad. I'll be your host today. And together, me, Jason, Drew, we're going to talk about, is hanging out with sinners really a good idea? And how can we be welcoming as a church without compromising the truth? Well, remember, our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better. So together we can be a little better. Well, welcome to the podcast, A Little Better, where we have uh, Jason joining us and Drew back in the saddle preaching a great message, kicking off a new series, A Church That. So um, listen, uh, Drew, Sermon in 60, you got a recap for us. Yep, here we go. Um, We start a new series. Uh, This is the church... Uh, that we want to be, so we're looking forward to being, and uh, it, it starts with us becoming something. So not only is this like a group message, it's an individual message, and we talked about a church that is family. And so what does that mean? It means three things, a place to belong, a, a place to believe, and a, a place to become. And so we want to give people a safe environment where they can come as they are um, and belong. And we see that in Jesus, we see that in the God creating us in the image of God and, and creating us to belong in community. And uh, we want to learn to believe. So even though you can belong before you believe, the best thing we can do is teach you about Jesus and the truth. And when we get grasped the truth, we become more like Christ. And that's the end goal of our church, to be like Christ. 44 seconds. Just yeah, so you got else. like 15 more seconds if you want to add some stuff. But uh, <laughs> in the spirit of adding stuff, so I always ask, I mean, the, the clock is a cruel master <laughs> up there. Uh, anything else you would have said if you had had more time? Anything you left on the table? You know, I, I don't necessarily think there's a ton that I'm leaving on the table. It's more of nuancing things. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big thing with the clock is I would love to have more time to, to nuance mm-hmm. things, uh, say a couple more things that might bring clarity or right. ease some tensions. Um, but I will say I have never, and I've been in ministry, let's see, wow, it's been a while. I, I may be going on like 13 to 15 years. I, I can't old. think, man, I'm getting old. I am. <laughs> um, four kids later. Right? Right? Church, <laughs> <I think. laughs> well, let's not go that far. <laughs> uh, I've never had anybody complain that I was shorter than longer. Yeah. So yeah, I just, mm-hmm. I think li- want leave people wanting more rather mm-hmm. than wishing they had, you know, they had too much. <laughs> yeah. I th- no, but I do think that nuance is a good point, right? There are so many things that people, I mean, they challenge the way we've always thought or done it. Mm. And it's just like, really? And then the question is like, is that okay? Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, is it really okay to hang out with sinners? Isn't that a bad idea if I'm spending all my time hanging out with these people? Aren't there a lot of Proverbs and a lot of scripture verses about being careful who your friends are and who influences you? It just seems like... He who walks with the wise becomes wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm and... We yeah. just talked about that what last week in the sermon too, the foolish yep. man and the wise man. So there's mm-hmm. some wisdom there. So 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 do you want to retract what you said or is that <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there's a balance in everything, margin in everything, right? So I think we should be doing both, right? I think mm-hmm. we should have a core of Christians that surround us that keep us strong, that hold us accountable. But if we do that at the expense of hanging out with lost people, what's the purpose of it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think what I try to do in my life is I I try to have a core uh, group, small group of people who influence me Mm -hmm. and hold me accountable. And then I have 
a, a wide group of people that I'm trying to influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I play football on Saturday nights with a bunch of guys who I would love to see come to our church and come to know Jesus who, who are far from God. And so I hang out with them, I would say at least once a week. Sometimes I have them over my house. I try to build relationships with them. Um, but I'm not leaning on them to steer my life. I'm mm-hmm. trying to impact their life for the, now they have impact on me. They teach me things sometimes that mm-hmm. I need to learn. Um, but they're not the core that holds me accountable and pushes me towards the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Both hand. Any thoughts there, Jason? Yeah. I feel like one question that comes to my mind, um, is this tension. Can, if you are a follower of Christ, is it okay for your best friends, your closest relationships to be people who don't, follow Jesus, mm-hmm. um, or is that going to end up leading you in in the wrong direction? And I think it, it, there's some probably tensions there. If you grew up with people, you know, and you've been best friends since you were four years old in school all together, there's, some, there's a relationship that you'd have there over a lifetime. You might have your family might not be, I mean, your biological family, they might not be followers of Jesus, right. and yet you've got um, close relationships, whether good or bad, you are very close to them. But I think... There is something to be said that if if you follow Jesus, if you worship Jesus, uh, then there's a connection that you have with another follower of Christ, um, a level of intimacy that you cannot have with someone who does not worship Jesus. And I think it would be hard um, if your closest relationships aren't people who also worship and follow Jesus too. And I think, you know, I, I think, you know, if we wanted to push back on that, someone might say, well, my best friend is... Jesus, (laughs) Jesus, <laughs> you know, like, and I think there's yeah. some truth to that. The closest right. relationship you need to have is your walk with Christ, right? And out of that, everything flows. But I, I would totally agree with that. I think you can have best friends that are non-believers. You just can't have mm-hmm. only non-believers be your closest friends, mm-hmm. right? You can have close friends that are non-believers, mm-hmm. but you need to have a group of people who believe the same thing and yeah. will help you when you need help, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I think it's definitely both and, and I think it's hard, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, so for instance, some of my closest, you know, friends who hold me accountable, my walk, you know, one thing they're holding me accountable is, am I doing, am I living a pray, invest, invite lifestyle? You mm-hmm. know, who am I reaching out yep. to? And it's just like, they keep me, you know, engaged in that. But I can, I, I, I can tell sad stories of times where I, I did succumb to temptation yeah. mm-hmm. and it was under the influence of people that I would tell everyone, Oh, these are people I'm trying to reach, but you know, mm-hmm. so it, I think prayer, you know, that accountability mm-hmm. counsel. Um, one thing I see like kind of shift from the old Testament to the new Testament. It seems to me a little bit is that whole idea in the old Testament, don't touch anything that's unclean because mm-hmm. it's going to make you unclean, yeah. right? If you mix clean water and dirty water, you've mm-hmm. got two glasses of dirty water. It's true. Yeah. But then here's Jesus and he touches the unclean thing, you yeah. know, he doesn't get dirty, he makes the unclean thing yeah. clean, right? right? He mixes those mm-hmm. two glasses of water, now we have two glasses of clean yeah. water. Well, so, I, th- I think it's important, though, as we study Jesus, to mm-hmm. r- recognize we aren't Jesus and mm-hmm. our limitations yes. in our flesh. Yes. I think that's the, the guard you have yes. to have, is I want to be like Jesus, but I also have to recognize... I am not Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he has mm-hmm. the ability to hang out with lost people mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and not succumb to the temptation. Mm-hmm. If we do that, we mm-hmm. will. Yeah. Like our flesh is that strong. So we have to have a, a, a lot more protection than Jesus did. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think it's, it's uh, it, to nuance that and understand that is important. Yeah. One, one thing that I'm thinking out loud now is I think we can think that we 
you could have the wrong thought that if I'm a follower of Jesus, then my only close relationships should be yeah. believers. But I, I do think when God talks about being created for community, I mean, part of that's just relational connection, yep. believer or unbeliever. Like we're designed to be in relationship with other people. I, I was reading a book we've read as a group staff, and many of our staff have read called "Created for Community" mm. um, by Andy Stanley. They just had a, a recent copy of it come out, and they're talking about Genesis two eighteen. And, and in talking about that, they made the point, um, and I think maybe they're quoting another author that you know we, you talked about Jesus being your best friend. Like we we can easily say like. The only relationship you need is God, and if all you have is God, then that is true. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, that is true. Jesus or God, right in that passage, says, uh, "Here, here is Adam and Eve, or here is Adam walking with God. All he has is God, and God says it is not good that yeah. man is alone." So, well, we could say it is. True to a degree that all we need is God. God, yep. it, when when Adam only had God, God said, "You need more. Yep. You need a relationship with another person." So I think we can find that with with believers and unbelievers. Yeah, and I think there's truth in both of those statements. All you need is God is true, mm-hmm. but it's not optimal, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the best case scenario, right? Good. If you're if you're lost in a desert island and you're all by yourself, God is all you need. Mm-hmm. He is, but. None of us live that way, right? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. what's optimal is exactly what you said. And I love that point. Like, he had, he walked with God. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he mm-hmm. dwells this is before with the God, fall. right? You know, this is no before sin. the fall. And, and God still says, ah, this isn't, this is not good. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great point. Yeah, I loved your discussion of if you're not a little uncomfortable with the people walking through the door, maybe you're not doing it right. Mm. And it really challenged me personally. I literally thought of uh, the 10 neighbors I have on both sides of the street around me. Nine of those neighbors, I know all their names. They know my name. There's one neighbor, one out of the 10. I never talked to them, never introduced them. They're loud. They're crazy. Mm. Um, It's, you know, the police have arrived. It's (laughs) just like, and I was just, why am I not connecting with them? I keep those people you know, at a distance. Now, I don't know their whole story, right? It could be a really, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what their struggles are. I don't yeah. know what their yeah. challenges are, what they're facing in life, because I haven't connected with them. But I was just reminded of the people I do keep at a distance that I don't yeah. naturally connect with. How do we reverse that? Yeah, that reminds me of, uh, there's a book. We, My f- wife and I, we bought our first house Right before COVID, moved in, and as I was painting the house before we moved in, I was listening to the book, The Gospel Comes with the House Key, mm. by Rosaria Butterfield, mm. and they talk how their, their house is like an open you know, book, like you come in any mm-hmm. time of the day, anybody, no matter your lifestyle, no matter your circumstances, no matter what neighbor, they can come in, and they're going to see them living their life, folding their laundry, eating food together. Um, with the mess of their life and the goodness of their life. But they talked about how they had this one neighbor who everyone else whispered about, like, this is like, this person's, you know, they're probably dealing drugs. You know, they had this hmm. this dog that was rough and, like, nobody liked the dog. It's kind of a dangerous dog. Hmm. And one day the dog went missing. And so they helped this man, you know, this neighbor that no one liked to find this dog, and that began to kindle a relationship that they're able to build with this guy. And it made me think of that even as I go around our neighborhood, that there's some families that are really easy to connect with. They're friendly, you know, 
maybe they look like me or they talk like me or they have mm-hmm. kids in my same stage of life or what, whatever it is, or they're just you know nice people, and so I want to be friends with them. But then there's the people who their yard is messy or they yep. are loud or there's, you know, they're blaring their, their car when they come in and everyone talks about them. And I'm like, am I reaching out to them too? Yeah. And again, I think that comes back to a point that I made is, you know, we, we talk about how you see somebody, right? And what w- oftentimes we don't see in people is image bearers of mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. right? We see the dysfunction. We see the annoyance. We mm-hmm. see the inconvenience. Mm-hmm. We don't see the image of God. Mm-hmm. And I, I think theologically and fundamentally, it's so important for m- me to constantly remind myself that person, whether I like them or not, how mm-hmm. annoying they are or not, they are an image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. And it is my responsibility. It is my, it is the great commission and the great commandment out of my love for God to love of that person, despite who they are, despite mm-hmm. all the things, because they carry God's image. And I, I think one first step is just re- refreshing my mind, renewing my mind of that perspective over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think every church believes they're friendly, <laughs> believes they're welcoming, right? Mm-hmm. You almost need that... Um, disinterested party, you know, third person to come in and say, uh, (laughs) I didn't feel that welcome. Well, Uh, and not even just welcoming, like, okay, what does welcoming mean, right? mm -hmm. Okay. Does that mean we have greeters that smile and say, oh, thanks for coming? Mm -hmm. Or does it mean, like, I think a big part of welcoming is what goes on that's not seen. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is when someone who walks in the door that, let's say, probably doesn't feel like they belong is not being judged in everybody else's mind, right? right? Like, Oh, Hey, welcome here. Why is that person here? Oh my word. This is, you know, like Mm -hmm. some of like welcoming is a culture. It's a Mm -hmm. culture of not only action, but of attitude. Mm -hmm. So when you get the action of welcoming and the attitude of welcoming, I think that's when you become a welcoming Mm -hmm. church where it's just like, I don't care who shows up to this church. I'm so I am so fired up that they're here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love what you talked about in your message how at the end you talked about as we individually become then our church becomes. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what our staff puts on or what what like programs or strategy we have like we can have all these things lined up but each of us individually has to be a welcoming relationship yeah. and so we have groups that sometimes aren't healthy or we you know as really? a, uh, you know on staff like we're blowing it all the time like yeah. we didn't follow up with the person we were supposed to or we weren't a good friend to someone in our group we weren't there for them when we when they needed us like we blow it you know all the time for sure. and so as a church together as we uh, try to you know, do do what's right, then we can be a family. But you know, mm-hmm. no church is perfect. We're all blowing it. What's at cool a time. about the illustration of a hydrangea, right? If you look at mm-hmm. a hydrangea and you talk about blooms, what I love about a hydrangea bloom is it's actually it looks like one bloom, but it's mm-hmm. made up of a bunch of different flowers. Wow! Yeah. So beautiful. it's almost a beautiful picture of the church. Is you know, each bloom makes up that cone of the bloom, and it's mm-hmm. you're right. That's us, right? That's if mm-hmm. we are all welcoming. Our flower, our bloom is yeah. way more beautiful. But even just a, a brown spot on a mm-hmm. on a big bloom can can make the flower not look as appealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, 
attitude trumps action all the time, like you said. And just, I think that idea of when people walk in the door, do they smell judgment or do they smell mm-hmm. grace? Yeah. If we're broken people, right? I mean, that at, we, our only merit is that Jesus loved right. us. Mm-hmm. You know, we were yeah. sinners, we're broken to the cross. And yeah, you, your brokenness may look different than my brokenness, mm-hmm. but I'm still broken. That's and right. probably the ways I'm broken mm-hmm. are a little, even more offensive to yeah. God, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the good show, the good name, the reputation. Mm-hmm. I mean, those things can be horribly offensive to God. But yeah, what do people smell yeah. when they walk in the door? Well, that's why I like that statement, a, a church that is a hospital for sinners, not a country yeah. club for Christians. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people will push back on that statement and be like, mm-hmm. wait, isn't the church... For believers, right? Isn't mm-hmm. aren't we? Isn't but really, just because I'm a, a believer or a Christian doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm not a yeah. sinner, right. and I still need to go yeah. back to the hospital for healing. Uh-huh. And that's what yeah. I like about that is, man, the grace of Jesus covers my sin ultimately, but I still battle with it every single day yeah. and need a hospital to go mm-hmm. to of people, a group of people, a a body of believers that will say, "Hey, let me walk with you through this yeah. part, this dysfunction, so you can become more like Christ." I, I think, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of us walk into the doors of our church on Sunday morning and even though we don't have a dress code like people dress up, you know, we try to, you know, for the most part, try to look nice or mm-hmm. we have our best level of looking nice for us, you know, on Sunday. Um, and so people can feel like, oh, am I really one of these people? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the environments, we're t- talking about groups, like when you walk in a group and when people are authentic, people are like, oh, <laughs> I'm not the only one. Like I struggle <laughs> with this too, or your your marriage, <laughs> like you're struggling with that too. Or this is like, I was talking to Drew um, and Nate Bannell yesterday, uh, we had a meeting and and all of our um, families were doing the same homeschool co-op, you know, yeah. so we were talking like, oh, wow, this is rough, this is hard, you know, we're, yeah. as, as we're trying to manage that. And so to see, like, we're identifying with other people, like, life isn't perfect and we've got yeah. things we're, <laughs> we're working through. Yeah. Your kids scream uncontrollably too? <laughs> I feel welcome here. Only your kids scream. Yeah, oh, it's probably a video, right? Yeah. <laughs> Every day in the life of my family. Yeah. Oof. Hey, um, so you said one of the most loving things we can do is tell the truth. So I think that was it. So we spent a lot of time in the Sermon on um, Belong, which I loved. I also love that it comes first before yeah. believing, you know, that people can belong without believing. Still, you know, I think that's something I'm still trying to work out in my head. Yeah. Right? But, but there is believe. And you said one of the most loving things we can do is tell the truth. Why, why is it so hard? to tell people, you know, the truth? Or why do we think those are incompatible? Or, I mean, I'll, I'll tell this story. I led a friend to Christ years ago, and one of the first things he said is, what kind of monster would I be not to share this with other mm-hmm. people? So yeah. and that's always challenged me, because yeah. there's plenty of people I haven't shared with, right? I'm not doing as yeah. much mm-hmm. as I can, but... Anyway, I don't even I have a question in there, but I, that's just that I think there's tensions, right? Like, one... Are they ready for the truth, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't want to share it, but I want to share it, not that there's a bad time to share the truth, but there's a bad way to share the truth. And some yep. of that is timing. It's mm-hmm. relationship. It's, you know, if if it was just that easy, we'd all just stand on the corner and yell the truth out. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's not the way it works. It's mm-hmm. it's so, so there's a lot of ingredients that that are in, in that recipe. Now, when it comes to like a Sunday morning, we're always going to share the truth. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. our platform. But mm-hmm. when it comes to like me and my relationships with my football guys or whatever, I'm waiting for that, that moment where the spirit is saying to me, now's the time. 
right? Yeah. Now's, now's the time. Um, and I don't know if he, he's not going to write that on the clouds, but it's being sensitive to the spirits, being sensitive to that relationship. Mm-hmm. Where is that person? Are they, are they interested mm-hmm. in the truth? Are they, are they asking questions, you know? And so I think it, it's, there's no right recipe mm-hmm. of how to share the truth, yeah. but it's, it's circumstances and it's listening to the spirit of God. Yeah. yeah. I, it's such like, it feels like a dance and so much wisdom yeah. and maturity involved, which again reminds me of, I just love hanging out with people who do it well. Yeah. And so, Hey, come to church, join a community group. We're, we're helping and encouraging each other. Some great examples. I just think of Scott Bixby, who's lived an evangelistic lifestyle all his life. Mm-hmm. I had a friend, actually my brother-in-law was a pastor said, I don't think I know anyone who's led you know, more people into the kingdom than Scott. He just, so just, and what does that look like? You know, well, then you hang out with people and you see Mm -hmm. the way they love people. You see the way they... Well, look at Jesus, right? So if you look at Jesus's stories, not all the stories of interactions with people, he led them to the truth the same mm-hmm. way, right? So you have, you know, the woman who is getting going to get stoned and he he tells everybody, hey, if you don't have sin, so he has grace mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. But then the woman at the well, like he still has grace with her, but he's like, you have five husbands. He literally just calls her lifestyle right. out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's so many stories where Jesus healed many people to take them to the truth. Mm-hmm. He, he did miracles to bring people to himself so he could declare the truth. He also told people like, you know, that he knew might not accept the truth. Like, hey, if you mm-hmm. want to follow him, me, it's gonna be hard. Pick up your cross, eat yeah. your flesh. You know, like so. He did this beautiful, del- delicate dance of right. many ways of declaring yeah. the truth. Mm-hmm. I think of, uh, I think quoting Andy Stanley again. Do you want to make a point or do you want to make a difference? Yeah. You know, and so I think uh-huh. we all fall on the lines of a truth teller or a grace, you know, person. Uh-huh. I find myself probably more often like I just want to build relationship, connect with people, and I'm like I'm waiting for the right moment to share something that is hard and I can probably overweight, you know, which is not helpful for them. Um, Yeah. We just had, you know, a family that we were connecting with for a few years, hoping for the right time to share the gospel with them and then found out they had to move, you know? So I'm like, man, I had, you know, built, you know, two years to build a relationship without sharing the gospel. Thankfully, like the night before they left, you know, they came over to our house, we had dinner together and we were able to talk about the gospel um, but I would have loved to, to have more conversations about that. So there's a time, you know, when you wait too long. And yeah. I, lo- I love, you know, as a church that we are going to not hold back from teaching the That's truth right. at the same time as wanting to be a place that you're welcome here, even if you disagree mm-hmm. with us. I think indirectly is a good way to, and what I mean by that is rather, let's say Jason is my friend, I'm trying to preach the gospel, rather than saying like, you need the gospel, I like to say, look what the gospel has done in my life. You know, look, Mm -hmm. this is how Jesus, like my belief in him has, is I feel like that's an indirect way to share the need of the gospel in a positive way versus a negative way. Versus Mm -hmm. like, hey, you are a sinner and you need Jesus in your life. I want to show you, I was a sinner and look what Jesus did for me. Mm -hmm. And it's like this indirect way of declaring the truth of the gospel that isn't so intimidating or Mm -hmm. turn just, it turns people off. Yeah. 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 I think this is, my wheels are spinning. There's so many ways I think of how, how I need to do this, do this better. And I also think we're talking about grace and truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. And it's easy to be one or the other, but there Mm -hmm. is something that, I think that's the spirit, you know, it's not like, well, I'm going to 
hang on to both. But there mm-hmm. is something when God works in our lives mm-hmm. yeah. that the truth and grace are the same thing yeah. and they come out, right? The truth is I was a sinner. Yeah. I was deserving mm-hmm. of judgment. I was so ashamed and mm-hmm. he was so loving and he was so yeah. forgiving. And so there's that that expression is full of grace and yeah. truth. Yeah. It's where you get groove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, how about some final thoughts here? I don't know. Um, I mean, you mess with my life every week, every time <laughs> yeah. you get up there. So final thoughts on um, just what would, what, what do you think is your own next step? What do you think, you know, mm-hmm. you need to be working on um, from what you heard in terms of being more like the church Jesus wants us to be? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah, that's a good question. I think for me, I, I, I know I have a neighbor who uh, doesn't like me, and I'm not sure why. Um, actually, I do. I, it's Nate Miller's <laughs> fault. He hunts on my property, and she doesn't like hunting, and she's made that very abundantly clear. So I blame Nate Miller, but I need, I, oh. you know, I've made that excuse to not attempt to, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't mm-hmm. like me, I'll just move on to somebody who does, but mm-hmm. I haven't even tried. Mm-hmm. And I have just casted so much judgment on a woman I've, I've never even really had a conversation yeah. with. I think that personally, that's a, a huge step for me. And I think, you know, um, you know, from a, like a corporate standpoint, I just think I need to get over the judgment I have. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think that a lot of this welcoming, I, I got to get rid of the things in my mind that don't mm-hmm. honor Christ and aren't true of his gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like where am I weakest in all of this? Um, I think it probably comes to Jesus' relationship with people who were far from him. You know, he I feel like they, they, they flocked to him. He hung out with them. I think I've got a, a lot of people I connect with. You know, maybe we'll have them over, you know, for dinner or we'll hang out a little bit. Sometimes I feel like, feel like it's too scattershot. I need to be just like really focused on a few people so I can go deep with them um, instead of just a touch here, a touch here, a touch there. Because my life, you know, working on staff at a church, um, you can be surrounded by Christians as your primary relationships, and it's it's hard to spend much time with people who are far from Christ. Part of our, our church philosophy is we're simple. We don't want to do very much because... Um, we want our church to be engaged in yeah. a relationship with people who are far from Christ. And so we can't do that if we're doing a million things as a church. Um, but I still got to be focused even you know, in my role that I don't get so busy doing my job or doing church things that I'm not spending intentional, consistent relationship with a few people where I'm, I'm actually friends with them. They like hanging out with me, yeah. you know, and, and in those relationships, I can foster opportunities to share the gospel with them. Hmm. Yeah, I already mentioned my neighbors across the street. I mean, it's just a very concrete step to um, go out and even Mm -hmm. know their names. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, listen, as I was listening to your sermon, I heard, I was thinking, oh, you know, I think there's a lot of wisdom here for the divisions in our culture. And then I looked ahead and saw, you'll be talking about that next week. So everyone should join us next week where we get to go a little deeper and be a little better and talk about division in our world. 